Welcome to the Boys in the Iceberg, the podcast where we recap Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode for fans new and old. I'm your host, John Listman, immigration attorney by day, stand-up comic by night, airbender at heart, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. I'm Jeff Miller, TV writer, avid mind wanderer, and aspiring waterbender. And uh, a special guest today, uh, Yoshiko Watson. How are you doing, Yoshiko? Hello. I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Uh, thanks for coming on. We've got uh, a great episode to chat about today. Uh, book one, episode 14, The Fortune Teller. Uh, in this episode, Aang, Katar, and Sokka travel to a village that relies solely on the predictions of a cloud-reading fortune teller, Aunt Wu. Sokka is skeptical and tries to disprove all their predictions. Upon discovering a nearby volcano is about to erupt, Aang and Katara manipulate the clouds to force Aunt Wu to warn the oblivious villagers to get out of the village before the volcano erupts. Um, good stuff there. I, uh... All right, so this episode starts out with the gang camping out. Katara spots a fish jumping in and out of the nearby river. Sokka grabs his fishing rod to catch it, only to realize the fishing line is gone. Aang confesses he didn't know Sokka needed it, and to Sokka's annoyance, reveals that he used it to craft Katara a necklace to replace the one she lost. When Katara puts the necklace on, Aang sees her in a completely new way, shedding light on his ever-growing crush on her. Sokka teases Aang using the fish he finally caught, but the fish slaps him with its tail and goes back in the water. Katara comments that she considers Aang a good friend, akin to Momo much to Aang's dismay. <laughs> oh, Aang. When will Katara see you as more than a Momo? <laughs> um, never. Never, right? So I think, uh, okay, the necklace I thought was very, very, very pathetic. Okay, yeah, I, I, I feel like that is the, uh, it, it lacks confidence. You're the avatar, all right? I know you're sweet and lovey-dovey, but uh, I, Oh, I, like, okay. It's like when you're, you're in high school and you ask out a girl or boy or whatever for the first time. It's like, oh, please, please like me. I made you a necklace. That, that's what it felt like to me. Um, I, I felt like if he had asked her out in the avatar state, just he would have been, they would have had a baby <laughs> by the time they got to the Northern Air Temple. What do you guys think? Yeah. I, oh, sorry. Uh, I uh, agree. Uh, I just... I mean, the Avatar say, but it's like hard to say no to. It's just like, mm -hmm. go out with me. <laughs> like, light, your eyes are all lighting up. Um, and yeah, go ahead. I thought it was really well made. It was a good weave, man. Mm -hmm. Okay. Taking, taking a little fishing line. Yeah. Um, the idea that it was her mother's, you know, the necklace that her mom gave her, so it had sentimental value. That Aang continues to be somebody that she can rely on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and not just like a terrifying, powerful person. Yeah. Um, you know, Fair also I just thought it was hysterical that, you know, Aang is so far from anyone who'd ever fish because he's such a pacifist and such a vegetarian. Yeah. That idea of like, why, I don't know what a fishing line is. I don't care what a fishing line is. You mm -hmm. know, I ride, I ride and play with fish. I don't like catch them. That's <laughs> true. Oh man. But. It is like I know it looked kind of like a friendship bracelet, which is yeah, like you can't complain yeah. about being friend, being called a friend right after you make. Hundred <laughs> percent. So true. Yeah. Very okay. true. It's sleepaway camp esque. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very. Again, uh, no surprise. Aang then got friend zone. Uh, it was a shame he wasn't trying to just be a friend with her because uh, he definitely did that right. Uh, 
And then uh, what, what clearer way to get uh, Katara's feelings and have her refer to Aang as just another Momo to her. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> a I mean, sweet a... little guy is, sweet is what she called him. Mm-hmm. Sweet little guy. That's, that's, that's tough. Oh my God. Anyways, uh, guy. moving on. Uh, the gang hears loud noises nearby. Uh, the three of them spot an old man being attacked by a giant platypus bear. To their surprise, the man seems completely unbothered, calmly dodging the attacks while commenting on the sunny, pleasant day. Finally, Team Avatar intervenes, and it's Appa's massive size that causes the platypus bear to lay an egg and run off terrified. Sokka grabs the egg, and the old man explains his village's fortune teller, Aunt Wu, assured him that he would have a safe journey. Sokka objects that the man was almost killed, to which the man cheerfully replies, but I wasn't. Before leaving, he hands the group a package Aunt Wu told him to give to any travelers he met. They open the package to reveal an umbrella, and right on cue, it starts to rain, causing the egg to slip and break on Sokka's head. Katara and Aang use the umbrella, telling Sokka he can join them if he admits Aunt Wu is right. He stubbornly claims it's been cloudy all day. Of course it would rain. And he predicts that it's going to keep drizzling. Of course, at that moment, the rain stops and the sun shines down. All right, guys. Uh, so we're finally introduced to the character of Aunt Wu. We haven't really met her yet. Um, what, what, what do we think about Aunt Wu and her uh, influence on this village? It's, it's, it's showing. Um, I just love that, that Sokka is always the go-to, you know, comic relief, mm-hmm. the light humor guy. Um, she was right about the rain. <laughs> oh man, I um, okay, but you know the world needs sockets. We 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 can't have uh, a village full of people just uh, hanging on every word. I mean, I guess that is exactly what we have here. Uh, but it's uh, just great, great stuff. I love how. Uh, <laughs> Of course, it stops raining when Sokka predicts it's going to rain. Of course. Yeah. Uh, whether or not he predicted it, it would have happened that. Or, or do you think he caused it to happen? Obviously, the show's proving a point. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Is Sokka a prophet? <laughs> it's a yeah, he's a mastermind. Just <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, certainly the gang is intrigued because they decide to uh, travel on to the village. Uh, There, a man motions them inside a large building saying, Aunt Wu is expecting them. Upon entering, they meet Meng, the fortune teller's quirky pigtailed assistant who instantly develops a crush on Aang. She pictures him in the same romanticized way that he pictured Katara earlier. After asking if they'd like bean curd puffs, she comments about how her and Aang's name's rhyme, and remarks at his large ears, while Sokka jokingly agrees with, I'm sorry, Sokka jokingly agrees with before leaving to get the bean curd. Sokka continues to be cynical while Katara states that there are some things in the world that they simply cannot be understood. Knowing a taste of what the future holds would be nice. Okay. So uh, I guess, why, why do we think Katara and Aang are so quick to uh, believe that the fortune teller can tell them their future. You know, you'd think they wanted to know so badly because of what they have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you'd think, hey, we have to, you know, battle the Fire Lord and save the world. 
maybe we could find out if we're going to be successful. But, you know, that's what I was, you know, when I remember first watching this and being like, yeah, of course you want to find that out. And then they kind of twist it and it's like, no, they just want to know about their love lives. Yeah. Um, it was a little oddly out of character for Katara this episode. Because mm-hmm. she's the one who's kind of been like keeping the focus on the mission at hand and like reeling Aang in from just wanting to play and do all these other things that don't really matter. And this episode's almost the other way around. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of a nice reminder that she is still just a teen girl. <laughs> like, yes. Once in a while. True. Crushes dominate all when you're a teenager. This oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the way and it, it Yeah, it's the question you want because you can't, everything else, you're like the fate of the world, whatever. But. Yeah. I was definitely getting some uh, some Knives Chow vibes from... Uh, very oh. but, uh, well, why don't we find out right now? I'll, I'll keep going. Uh, returning with the curd puffs, Meng is met by a young woman emerging from Aunt Wu's room, ecstatic with Aunt Wu's prediction that her one true love will give her a rare panda lily. Noticing Meng staring Aang's way, she asks if Aang is the big-eared guy Aunt Wu predicted Meng would marry. Uh, the comment leaves Meng embarrassed and jittery, and in the process of delivering the puffs, she trips into Aang, who catches the nearly spilled food, holding her hands in his own for a brief moment. As Meng leaves the room awkwardly, Aunt Wu emerges from her sanctum and asks the trio which of them would like to go next. After hesitation by the other two, Katara answers, I guess it's me. Um, so, okay. Of course, now we're seeing the real influence of Meng. Well, we saw it with the guy in the woods, but uh, we're seeing it now in the love context. Everyone sort of seems to go to Wu for their uh, love dreams to come true. And uh, this villager believes a panda lily is going to determine their future. It's, it's funny how Aunt Wu seems to know to use specific items or facts um, to almost help people make their fortunes come true. Like if she says you're going to fall in love with a guy with big ears, then every guy you meet with big ears, you're going to give additional opportunity to make that match work and try to see if there's love there that you normally wouldn't. So it's almost like she's helping to motivate people to control their own destiny just using one, you know, one thing, which yeah. is funny. Nice. Yes, it's, it's a chicken or the egg question, really, whether or not um, Wu telling you that uh, something's gonna happen, causes you to believe it's gonna happen, so you inevitably find it, or if in fact it was uh, destined to happen to begin with. I don't think that's chicken or the egg, but it's, uh, it's, it's something to worry about. Yeah. Um, man, uh, I wish Aang could, um, I know he's young and smitten and never really loved anyone, but could open his, uh, make, make a little room for Meng here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Do, do you think it would be good uh, a good experience for Aang to maybe uh, play the field, so to speak? <laughs> I, I don't think he has the time, to be quite honest. He doesn't have the time. <laughs> okay. you know, he can't travel. He can't do long-distance relationships right now. This is very true. Yeah, it's fun to see him as the heartbreaker for one, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Meng, yeah, she's more age appropriate, but you know, like, I like how it swaps the usual, like, Katara being older. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Um, 
Well, moving on. Katara seems uh, eager to have her fortune uh, read. Uh, meanwhile, Aang asks Sokka what he thinks they will discuss. Sokka replies, boring stuff, I'm sure. Love, who she's going to marry, how many babies she's going to have. Uh, too curious to resist, Aang excuses himself, saying that he has to go to the bathroom. In reality, he tiptoes down the outside of the walled sanctum to eavesdrop. After a brief talk about cosmetics, Aunt Wu says that she can see a great romance for Katara and that the man is a very powerful bender. Aang is delighted to hear this and begins to jump and dance in silent jubilation. Uh, I love the little, uh, it's like a piccolo starts playing. Yeah, happy Aang music. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's really nice. Um, so, okay, I think as the audience, we clearly, you know, already have this will they, won't they kind of attitude with Aang and Katara. Why, why didn't Katara think a very powerful bender might yeah. be Aang immediately? Uh, you know, I, I did notice one thing at the end of the episode. I don't want to jump ahead too far, but more often than not, when Aang's been a very powerful bender, it's when he's not been in control of it and been in the avatar state, which I think is very different to everybody. You know, that, that's almost this otherworldly presence that comes and goes. But for Katara, you know, when you're with this, guy, this kid, he's constantly, you know, he looks like a 12-year-old. He acts like a 12-year-old. He sounds like a 12-year-old. He wants to go penguin sledding. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, <laughs> you know it's hard for her to, to, to view him as a mature like peer or romantic interest when all he does is kind of like want to play and do kid stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. But he made the fishing line necklace. Don't you love it? Okay. Yeah. Without bending it. Who knows? But yeah. the one that I like about bending is that you kind of can project whatever you want onto that. So being a powerful bender, like you'd be like, ah, well, I'm good at, whatever it is you are in your life. Cause it's just like an emotional, half emotional power, you know? Mm -hmm. So. And of yeah. course, well, the Sitara, the, uh, the, the Zuko Katara uh, fans are obviously like, Zuko's such a powerful bender, come on. <laughs> this is true, you know? this is so true. Um, and uh, at that certain point, uh, uh, Wu finishes with Katara, and it's Sokka's turn. Aunt Wu predicts that his future will be full of struggle and anguish, most of itself inflicted, without needing to go to the inner sanctum. She then brings Aang to the inner sanctum, where she throws a bone into a small fire to observe the cracks. But when Aang picks one and throws it in the fire, uh, it explodes. Aunt Wu explains hysterically that he will be involved in a great battle between the forces of good and evil, which will determine the fate of the world. Aang is unimpressed. He already knows this and instead wants to know whether or not there is love in his future. Aang is downcast when Aunt Wu tells him that she didn't see anything in the bones. Uh, but then noticing Aang's disappointment, grabs the shattered bone piece and tells him, oh, she missed a crack, and explains that Aang, if he trusts his heart, will be with the one he loves. Um, is <laughs> that even advice? <laughs> I mean, what, what, oh, is there, is there an alternative to trusting your heart and uh, finding the one you love? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's very telling or interesting that, uh, okay, she successfully re reads this destiny. And I mean, 
uh, on one hand, it really uh, gives a lot of credit and, uh, you know, uh, validity to Wu and uh, fortune telling. But then uh, there's also this side of, oh, you got to give them what they want. You, you mm. can't just say what the bones read. You have to kind of please the customer a little. Well, the, the, the funny thing to me was, you know, this is a, this, this, she's clearly wise mm -hmm. and she's a fortune teller. And you see somebody who's obviously an airbender. He's got the arrows. You're old enough and wise enough. And, and, you know, she was away, like she was coming back from a trip or something. She knows what's going on or, or she moved there 20 years ago. Um, you wouldn't think that this is obviously going to like, you, you need to read bones for that. You know what I mean? Like he's the avatar. <laughs> of course he's gonna do this. She just stocks one of the bones with gasoline for yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, what what dramatic effect? I mean, when, when oh yeah, blows, yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's really um, I don't know. It resonated more than Sozin, or uh, not Sozin, uh, Avatar Roku telling Aang about Sozin's. Comedy. Well, that's true. Yeah, the impact of that. Yeah. Smoke uh, bomb, and the Sokka comedy. You know that that one phrase. Um, it was, uh, oh, I lost it. Oh, whatever. yeah. Struggle and anguish. Most of it's self-inflicted is also a great way to describe every, like all of Sokka's humor throughout this show. Show. And, uh, there are a couple very specific examples in this episode. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm going to just mention them now since we're on the topic, but at one point, um, he gets frustrated about this guy with the red shoes and mm -hmm. kicks a rock, bounces off a sign and hits him self-inflicted uh mm -hmm. later on we see him kick a duck to shoo him away flies back and hits him again self-inflicted mm -hmm. uh it's, it's, it's interesting yeah um the, uh yeah two two animals i wrote down uh punishing Saka for his intellectual chauvinism mm -hmm. getting hit yeah. in the face with a duck and a fish Mm -hmm. True. I forgot about the fish. That, that was before Aunt Lou's uh, prediction. Uh, so yeah, excellent. Uh, and uh, it's like the animal kingdom knows to uh, to uh, that that is this man's destiny. It's like the world, the universe knows that it. Uh, we have to inflict pain on him to teach him a lesson <laughs> that he never seems to learn. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, lots of lessons to be learned in this episode by the villagers and uh, and the gang as well. The uh, swamp does the same thing to him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so later, the group notices a crowd of people gathering. They learn that it's the day of their village's annual cloud reading, a ritual in which Aunt Wu predicts whether or not the village's nearby volcano, Mount Makapu, will erupt. We learned they used to have a tradition where villagers would go check the volcano themselves to be sure. But since Aunt Wu moved there 20 years ago, uh, they now have a tradition of not doing that. Uh, she arrives and reads the clouds, predicting a good harvest, that it will be a good year for twins, and that Mount Makapu will not destroy the village that year. The good fortunes bring the people to cheers. Um, wow, guys. Uh, I remember watching the scene and being like, okay, of course, of course, fortune telling, bone reading makes perfect sense. But cloud reading, that, that is some nonsense. Um, so, somehow, I, I don't know why, having a sanctum or a, a space or, or even just, you know, the palm reading, 
has more of a tradition. And uh, cloud reading seemed just plain silly to me. Uh, what, what about you guys? Yeah, it's, 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 it, it reminds me of, you know, world leaders in climate change. Mm. You know, like they, 20 years ago, they actually, I mean, I guess it's their version of using science. You know, they would literally go and, and observe and test and, 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 you know, have, have their predictions made. And here they just count on somebody's kind of guesses or cloud reading. Um, when you can easily find out by just doing the work and looking at it and they just choose not to. I hope yeah. they're okay. Uh, how hard is it to hike up this mountain? I, I think Saga managed to do it uh, this episode. He's not a bender or anything special. Uh, hey, like, he's uh, very special. Shows up, it's like, all right, now the tradition is not doing that. It's just that <laughs> why, why keep up traditions when we have uh, all the questions answered? I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. I love how obvious it's just like this giant boiling pool of lava. It was just like real volcanoes don't sh show it that much. But yeah, like, oh, yep, there it is. It's going <laughs> to definitely blow up. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, moving on. Meanwhile, uh, okay, Katara. He comes obsessed with Aunt Wu's predictions, uh, repeatedly asking for more and more reading while Sokka remains skeptical of fortune teller. Aang, discouraged that Katara seems to have no special feelings for him, asks Sokka for advice. Assuming incorrectly that the girl in question is Meng, Sokka tells him that the best way to get a girl is by acting aloof. When Aang next encounters Katara, who's eating papaya on Aunt Wu's suggestion, he acts indifferent and Katara remains oblivious to his feelings. Aang decides to make his intentions clear by taking a panda lily himself from the rim of the volcano. He and Sokka make the climb to the rim. Upon reaching the top, they discover the volcano is on the verge of erupting, contrary to Aunt Wu's predictions. They rush back down to the town to warn everyone of the imminent danger, but because of the unshakable faith in Aunt Wu, no one believes them. Um, Katara really fell for Aunt Wu's predictions. Here. Um, I thought it was very funny, one of them you know, she's like, another, another. And then she's like, okay. And then you'll pass away quietly while your third grandchild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still not, still not enough for her. She needs to know what to eat for breakfast the next morning. And uh, unfortunately it was uh, papaya, which is not her favorite. Yeah. Um, Good. I was just going to say there were many people uh, during Cora uh, who were wondering if they were using this um, fortune telling reading uh, when they were writing the Katara character for that series and mm -hmm. thinking about how many kids uh, Tenzin would have and all that because that would have to be, you know, he, she'd need at least this many grandchildren and, and all that. So everyone was like, oh no, if this one's being born, does that mean that Katara's about to die? And oh. I just remember that being a big thing then. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't have Katara fresh in my memory. Is that uh, accurate, the reading of Aunt Wu? Um, no, because I'm pretty sure she's very much still alive when they have their fourth child at the end, near the end of the first season. Interesting. Interesting. So, I don't know. I could see Katara, like, because uh, uh, Aunt Wu said, I'm going to have four kids, I'm going to. But then you can't just die yeah. when you want. <laughs> or right. <when. laughs> 
who said I'd uh, meet the love of my life in red shoes. I'm wearing red shoes everywhere. It's, uh, it's some yeah. of the same. Yeah. Um, excellent guys. What, um, it, it's interesting that Aang sees, uh, uh, oh my God, Aang was in the sanctum when the fortune, when Aunt Wu told the lady that the love of your life would uh, hand you this rare lily, but, but somehow maybe he didn't connect that when he, yeah, I think he just saw it was that some random person giving it and thought uh, any woman would uh, fall for him for a tiger day. Yeah. Um, you need to open those big ears, Aang. You got the, <laughs> the world's around you. You got to take it all in. Um, what, what do we think about Sokka's advice here, that he should act aloof? Uh, didn't work in Friends, and it didn't work here. <sighs> but they're teenagers. I don't know. There's something. Uh, yeah. I mean, whether, whether or not it works is one thing, but there is something very. Uh, I think that is the mentality at that age. Yeah, it's true. You, you got to be cool. You can't let them see you that you're interested. It's working on Mang, that's for sure. So indeed, it is. Well, Mang, uh, Mang's under the spell of Wu's for, uh, fortune telling. That you can't uh, take her off of that path. Mm. Yeah, um, man. I um, I don't know. Has Sokka given us? Any, uh, have we ever seen Sokka attract a female? I guess, uh, what's uh, we will. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Uh, so, so he does have some experience. I, I was wondering if he didn't even, if we, he literally had none, but uh, no, he does in fact uh, have some. And frankly, Aang has no one else to talk to. I, uh, he might yeah, everywhere off, he goes. Yeah. He might have been better off talking to Wu about, uh, well, why doesn't Wu act as the matchmaker here? Aww. For for Meng, for Meng? yeah, or Aang and Katara. I mean, right, either one. I mean, she does in her own way. Yeah, it's not. She's a fortune teller, not a fortune maker. Uh, yes. After all. Yes. Uh, she's not a matchmaker. Exactly. She's a fortune yeah. teller. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad Aang decided to climb that uh, volcano because otherwise, no one. No one would have seen the uh, boiling lava, the scientifically inaccurate depiction of a volcano about to explode. Uh, knowing, but they didn't, they go back to the village. Knowing the villagers will only listen to Aunt Wu, Aang decides to steal her cloud reading book. When, they, when he breaks into Wu's house, Meng appears behind him and sadly tells him she knows he doesn't feel the same about her that she feels about him. Aang reassures her that she will find her love in the future. Before Aang leaves, Meng presents him with the cloud reading book, admitting awkwardly that she was stalked. Just a little aside there. I've been uh, stalking you this whole time. Um, wow. Yeah, I think uh, there's a few things here. Uh, first off, Aunt Wu is finally wrong. Um, I, I, or, or is she? Uh, okay. We'll I, see. I, I, we'll see. Um, yeah. But uh, certainly her prediction doesn't seem to match what the, the gang has found. Um, I really enjoyed this moment Aang and Meng had in the uh, you know, inner sanctum when he's getting the cloud reading book. Um, I mean, they're really both going through the same things. They're, they're, they're kindred spirits. They're, uh, 
experiencing unrequited love. It almost feels like uh, maybe they should date for a minute. If, if only Aang lived in this town more than six hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like his like benediction is annoys me though a little. Like, right? You're gonna meet a great person someday. Like, it's almost just like, oh, I know. Okay, I'm just saying. Let me be sad right now. Yeah. But he he means well. It's very yeah. in a Tibetan monk way. He's yeah. being kind. He's trying. He's trying. Uh, yeah. If only. Uh, I don't know, how else could this episode have ended? Like truly, they, they couldn't have uh, added Maine to the gang. She has no, uh, uh, I don't wanna say nothing to offer, but uh, not, you know, <laughs> I, little, I wonder what she had. She's probably more of a distraction than anything. They're a little clicky, Team Avatar. This is also true. They, they, they do uh, love each other much like uh, Katara loves hearing all these fortunes too. Let, let, let's say this, Fortune teller Wu is real, and uh, she can tell you everything about the future. Do you literally want everything answered? Of course not, but yeah. she's a teenager. Like, you know, we were saying before, you know, it's curiosity. Indeed, right? Um, well, I'm glad Aang got in there. I'm glad he got that cloud reading book because uh, Katara and Aang take the cloud reading book up into the clouds and uh, using a, a blend of water and air bending, they uh, create the symbol for volcanic destruction. Uh, <laughs> Sokka convinces Wu to make a second reading, which now uh, tells her incontrovertibly that the volcano is going to erupt. Uh, Aang and Sokka quickly organize the village earthbenders, as well as anyone capable of digging, to make a giant trench around the village to redirect the lava. As the lava surges over the trench, hanging in space over the village, Aang unleashes a massive gust of wind to rapidly cool the lava, solidifying it into a giant wall. Sokka, awestruck, admits that he sometimes forget how powerful a bender Aang really is. And Katara has an epiphany, suddenly struck by the remembrance of Aunt Wu's fortune. Um, fabulous guys. I really, uh, yeah, Jeff, start us off. I was just, I, I was shocked when I rewatched this episode. Aang doesn't go into the Avatar state at all. He does all that on his own, which was the first time we've seen him as just Aang do some crazy badass stuff. Absolutely. Uh, nice. Part of me, I, I saw that, I had a similar reaction. I, I was thinking, he has all this pent up rage of rejection. He's like this heartbroken, Boy, like he can't drink and uh, blame minorities. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's a bad example. But uh, well, well, we can't. Uh, uh, dude, he's not. His people are dead. To grasp his feelings, yeah. He, uh, so I actually think he channeled that anger and rage into yeah. some pretty intense, and powerful bending. Yeah, he's, he's lost so many people when he was frozen and unable to help them and I think that now he's put it on himself that if he can help anyone at any point he's going to do anything in his power to do just that and this was a great like show of it yeah it all happened so quickly I was like how are they going to save and it's like oh there it is the wall yeah um 
I like that it was uh, kind of Sokka's idea to build this ditch, right? And I mean, he, he does, of course, have his value here, and it is as the outside-the-box thinker. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I can't think of another solution, so maybe it's not outside the box, but uh, he was the kind of the, the foreman or the uh, guy that was overseeing yeah. this effort to dig the tunnel. Um, some of the one of my favorite things. I don't, I don't know why this amused me so much. Uh, you see Appa kind of hauling away a, bald, a boulder, like in the background, uh, like like all of a sudden he became a construction equipment. Uh, it was, <laughs> I pictured him with a little yellow hat on. I, I really Aww. like to see I that. I see that. Yeah. Um, and then I like this very key moment. Momo places the final stone. Okay, now now yeah. it's ready. Uh, mm -hmm. Now we can protect the village from Lapa. Thank God for that stone, Momo. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. We mentioned it. Aang has this powerful bend, uh, flexing those uh, air bending muscles. Um, I mean, Katara finally remembers Aunt Wu's fortune. Uh, why not act upon it immediately? You, you, you uh, came to Wu to ask me to eat a mango or a papaya. Oh, they, they, you know, you got, he's not going anywhere. The, you guys are traveling together and let's prioritize saving the world first. Yeah. That's my theory. But I was just amazed again. This is now first the jet episode and now here twice Sokka's had to convince an entire village to, in a very short amount of time, collectively gather themselves, do some shit and evacuate. And they've managed to do it. It's amazing how coordinated these villages are when it yeah. comes to evacuations. It's crazy. They're like, yeah, sure, we're out of here. Yeah. Um, you can't even get everyone to wear a mask. And uh, this village is ready to dig a lava ditch in yeah. instantly. Instantly. No hesitation. Uh, um, yeah, just a really good, more than anything, the development of the uh, will they, won't they, and Katara here is really going beyond uh, a little crushed and now we're entering the world of fate and destiny. And uh, I like how they're, uh, they're, they're bringing it in there. They're really hyping it up for the, you know, whatever may happen next. Yeah. Uh, and what happens next here, well, Aang hands back the guide for cloud reading to Austin, who praises him. Uh, Aang tells her that he suspects that she lied to him about the love in his future and made something up to please him. Aunt Wu responds that just as he molded the clouds to his own design, it's his responsibility to actively shape his own destiny. Um, okay, maybe the first wise words Wu has spoken this whole episode. Uh, I, I mean, if, if, if it's gonna matter so much to uh, Aang, to know the truth. Why, why does he keep digging and pressing her back in the sanctum to uh, give her some dirt, or give him some dirt on his uh, love life? It's interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's great. Do we, do we have the power to shape our destiny? Or, or, or do we have to take fate in our own hands? And that's the same question. Uh, yeah. Or is it? I, I'm a little lost in the the fortune telling ether here that's that's kind of the question it's it's 
Yeah, this this is a little more chicken and egg. You're right. It's would they have done or no? It, it's it's the matrix. It's the vase thing. Would the vase have, you know, would you have knocked over the vase if I hadn't said anything? Um, we don't know. It's timey wimey. You know, nonsense that we can't predict or, or or know. It's just it is the way it is, and maybe she's right, maybe she's wrong. But it's definitely interesting that she seems to be wise enough to know that you just provide a little bit of a detail to somebody or an eventuality and it can inspire them to find the strength on their own to make it happen. Um, or just make it easy by saying you're going to meet, you know, you're going to marry somebody whose first name starts with P. And there's a good chance that there's a lot of people whose first name starts with P. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Or uh, yeah. is another version being like the placebo effect is very real. Like if you think you'll be lucky, you are thinking back to the the guy fighting the platypus bear, like his his calmness really helped him. Um, and so, yeah, I see why I don't, you know, uh, <laughs> believe in astrology, but I, these things are comforting people, especially in, you know, when they feel like life's out of control. Yeah, um, I wrote down this quote from the guy in the woods. Uh, he said, awful nice knowing your future. And uh, <laughs> of course it is, of course it is. Uh, I like the choice of word, awful nice. Um, uh -huh. you know, because it's very nice, pretty nice. Uh, awful nice kind of brings up this, uh, the blessing and the curse, or uh -huh. maybe he's just being folksy. <laughs> and I'm reading it. <laughs> That's also a possibility. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not both. It's, uh, it's a little bit of everything. The truth is, yeah. uh, we don't know because no one actually knows the future. It's, uh, uh, so why not encourage people with a little mysticism and give them some happiness and hope, right? Is this uh, not what the episode's all about? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> There was no clear theme here on whether um, fortune-telling is uh, good or bad. I mean, uh, yes and no. I, I'm now rereading this, this last line of the summer. You know, his responsibility to actively shape his own destiny really does resonate when you think about what happens in the series finale. Mm -hmm. um, so she's right in in a lot of ways, but it's... She's just vague enough that it could still be considered made up nonsense to just please the listener. It's very true. What a resonance, yeah. Um, excellent, guys. So uh, the episode wraps up pretty nicely. Uh, meanwhile, Sokka, believing he has been vindicated by the volcano's eruption, happily tells the villagers that Aunt Wu was wrong. Uh, but the same old man who he uh, encountered the plat platypus there clarifies that Aunt Wu did not claim the volcano would not erupt. <laughs> she simply stated that it would not destroy the village. Uh, come on, Sokka, don't you get it? <laughs> uh, beaten again, uh, Sokka beaten again, resorts or retorts with an aggravated I hate you. Uh, and Katara drags him away. Meng and Katara wish each other goodbye. And as Appa and the gang fly away, Meng softly utters an unheard Parting shot to Katara, calling her a floozy. Uh, <laughs> she slut shaming? Was it was it too aggressive? 
Maybe. I mean, obviously yeah. not, because uh, that's not who Gatar is. But uh, there, there is a certain uh, petty sniping going on there. Yeah, I haven't heard that word in so long. I know, right? <laughs> it's a time. Um, <laughs> I love, uh, you know, this, this kind of interplay between Sokka and the villagers. Uh, at one point, it's like, well, uh, uh, can uh, you science and reason lover, can science explain the rain? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. yes, yes, it can. As a matter of fact, it can. Yeah. Um, you can see Saka getting into too many Facebook arguments that are a waste of his time. <laughs> like oh my God! Yes. Oh my God! Yes. There was no social media uh, on the way yeah. to really anywhere in this uh, phenomenal, phenomenal show. Um, really, just a solid, fun episode. Nothing too intense. I think the Ang Avatar state. Uh, was he in the Avatar State or was it just a very no, powerful effect? Just okay. very powerful. Yeah. And uh, I think that combined with uh, uh, the, the will they, won't they, the whole Ang Katar thing were really the biggest themes here. Oh, yeah. Episode. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that uh, earlier in the show, they, do, they go to Kiyoshi Island and uh, Aang has like this Beatlemania thing where all the little village girls are in love with him. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, here he's got a girl crushing on him. He doesn't even want to indulge himself a little. He's just laser focused on Katara after hearing the, uh, or overhearing the words that Katara's going to marry a bad uh, I mean, yeah. I guess that, that does trump. I, I would have gone with a little of the, uh, you know, I would indulge. I was saying maybe that's just me. It, it's it it was very you know I I think I started saying it. Um, she gives off a lot of knives chow vibes from Scott Pilgrim, uh, Ming. You know, like pining over him and he's just completely distracted. Uh, but it's it's you know I also think that in the other one with the Kyoshi Warriors, that was a response from Aang because he had thought that Katara wasn't paying him enough attention. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he was getting all this attention from these other girls and he let it get to his head. Whereas when he's just looking, you know, pining for Katara after giving her a gift, um, this other girl was just somebody else that wasn't Katara while he's pining. So I think it was a little bit different. I think that if there was like a bunch of them, that might have changed things. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, another something that I thought was interesting, they were talking about... Uh, Okay, there were these two twins in the earthbending village, or the village. Uh, one was an earthbender, one was not. Hmm, it's an interesting, uh, even though they were like identical twins, the, the bending gene is not uh, dominant, obsessive. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know genetics. Uh, but it's, uh, I like they're expanding the world. And any, any new tidbit, any new bit of information I love. Yeah. Uh, I'm just uh, looking up some trivia here. We got the voice of Mang, uh, Jesse Flowers, who would turn out to later be the voice of Toph, Fei Fong. I, I don't, ah, yeah, wow, I just, I just, that, uh, that's cool. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's you cool. add some confidence and it's a whole new character. Yeah, yeah. It's, interesting. Uh, it the is. floozy sounds, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I'm so, getting it. There's already tension between right. Toph and Katara. Mm. We haven't even met Right. Him. Um, it's, it's crazy. Um, all right, you guys, I, uh, I believe that wraps up our episode. Uh, yeah. what, what an amazing fun time. Uh, 
Jeff, any final points before we uh, wrap things up? You know, we always talk lately about fillers and not fillers. This uh, was obviously a, a filler episode. Yeah. Um, you're coming off of some pretty heavy-handed stuff with the blue spirit before this. So uh, they were definitely keeping this light, you know, keeping the romantic storyline. And yes, there may have been a, a, a potential village destroyed, but yet somehow this is still a light episode. <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's going to stay that way for a little bit. And as we build up for our big end of uh, season in the north. Absolutely. Um, Yoshiko, any parting thoughts? I just like struggle sometimes with Katara because I want, you know, I want to make the point that like women, <laughs> um, she, she can be very like preachy and uh, serious all the time. And it's a, it's a like, I've seen it before, you know, and Saki gets to be the goofy one, but I can't make this point, point without being like, and <laughs> without preaching it. <laughs> so, but you know, um, it's just fun to see her uh, be a little immature. Yes, it's oh, fun yeah. to see her not play the mom and to play the uh, the schoolgirl with a crush, uh, so to speak. Um, uh-huh. My final thought is, I, I don't think it's productive, but uh, okay, An Wu was right. The volcano didn't destroy this village. Like, like. It, it's like this loop of like a conspiracy theory or something like uh, there that you, you, you can't break it. It's like uh, talking to a flat earth or, or something like, uh, oh, well, then what's at the end? Or what's, what's, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like, you, you really can't argue with them if, in fact, Akbu predicted the village would not be destroyed and not that the village uh, volcano would not erupt. So uh, that's our show. Uh, thank you. Uh, Yoshiko for joining us for a uh, special guest host of the Boys in the Iceberg. Uh, let the people know where they can find you or follow you online. Right now? Yeah. Oh, uh, if you just Google Yoshiko Watson, it'll work. Yeah. Easy peasy. That doesn't get better than that. <laughs> um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, please follow us online, like, subscribe. Especially if you want to, if you have any thoughts on this episode or any others, leave them in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, good night. Flamio Hotman. <laughs> <laughs>